just going to pray one more time. <clears throat> Lord, we just thank you for tonight, Lord God. We thank you for this gathering, Lord God, this body of believers, Lord God. And just thank you for all you've given us, Father. And just pray that you uh, minister to us, Lord God, through your word, Lord God, through your Holy Spirit. Just pray, Lord, that we would be edified this evening, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Right, so um, the title of today's message is The Enemy of Our Soul. So um, like to maybe start out with the definition of the enemy. The enemy is um, an antagonistic person or something or someone who is harmful or deadly. Um, so when you think of the word enemy, what does that bring to mind? What does the word enemy imply? This is a few things that come to mind, right? Um, one is conflict. When we have an enemy, we have conflict. We're certainly at war with an enemy. Uh, Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we're, we, have, we are in conflict. We're, in, we're, we're, in, um, we're definitely wrestling. Um, another word that comes to mind would be danger. Um, when you think of an enemy, there's certainly danger. Uh, John 10.10 says, The thief comes not for, but, to uh, but to steal and to kill and to destroy. So, you know, when I think about the enemy, um, when he wants to steal, he, he wants to steal physical things and he wants to steal uh, intangible things or not physical things. You know, I think of... Um, you know, the physical things would be our security, like our financial security, or, or uh, you know, somebody breaks in the house, that's our security. Or uh, our health, you know, he attacks our health at times. Um, he certainly can steal uh, elections, as we, some of us uh, have seen. Um, he steals governments. Um, he, he takes rulers, and, well, the Lord, allows that for sure, but, but he certainly thinks he's doing that. Um, but um, I, I would say that uh, he's, in, he's involved in that, definitely. Um, in churches, he's, he's actively um, trying to steal churches through uh, bad doctrine and uh, leaders falling. You know, they're always attacking, it seems like the enemy's always attacking the leader. So if the leader goes down, then the church, you know, falls apart a lot. Um, but he also wants to steal intangible things like our faith and our joy. He wants to take that away from us. Um, the enemy also wants to kill, as the Lord said. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to kill through physical things, through wars, um, through viruses or, you know, attacks, uh, you know, weapons. And, and certainly through, um, you know, abortion or this uh, thing they call, you know, pro-choice. Um, he's, the enemy's actively involved in, in killing in these ways. Um, but he also wants to kill our hope. That's something that resides in us, and he's, he's after our hope. He wants to snuff it out, you know. Um, and he certainly, he, so he, he steals, he kills, and he destroys. He's destroying individuals and families and uh, as many as God's creation, uh, created beings as possible. That's his, that's his motive. Um, so uh, another, another thing that comes to mind when we talk about the word enemy is violence. And uh, 
Matthew 11, 12 talks about violence. Um, and this was an interesting uh, verse that I came across later in my walk with the Lord. And uh, I just find it uh, striking. You know, it's, it's, just, it's something that resonates with me some, sometimes if you really think about it. So it says, Matthew 11, 12. I got a, a lot of scriptures, so I want to ask to turn that one up. So, so Matthew eleven twelve, <clears throat> and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And I thought that was really interesting. The violent take it by force. Um, so the Lord's, you know, in this verse, He's saying, um, you know, this is an active faith. It's it's we're on the offense, you know, a lot of times with this with this with our walk, you know. Um, he doesn't want uh, this, you know, milk toast Christianity. He says, you know, you, I want you either hot or cold, but lukewarm, I'm gonna spit you out, you know. He wants you involved, you know. Um, my dad used to say when I was growing up, you know, said like you digging a hole or doing something, I'd be struggling with it. He'd go, son, get mad at it, you know. And, and he's right, you know, get mad at it, get involved, get, you know, Put yourself into it. Um, you know, the Lord said, be angry and sin not. You know, you can certainly be angry at things and, and get, uh, get involved with it. Um, you know, we all have things we have, we've done. We've built things. We've studied for hard tests. We've, uh, you know, competed in sports or, or whatever. And it all takes effort. And, you know, what, why do we think that, you know, being a Christian would not take effort or you know, gaining the kingdom wouldn't take effort. Um, the Lord's, you know, we have an enemy. We're, we're in a battle. And we need to, you know, just realize that and, and certainly move forward from there. Um, Revelation uh, 2 7, along those lines, it says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who overcomes. I will grant the right to eat from the tree of life in the paradise of God. And Randy just mentioned overcoming this morning. I mean, this, just now in this prayer. So I thought it was, I thought it was, um, you know, fitting. You know, the Lord's definitely in, in the same uh, prayer. Uh, Revelation two twenty six along the same line says, "And to the one who overcomes and continues in my work until the end." I will give authority over over the nations. So that's um, all lines all in line with uh, you know taking the kingdom uh, by force. Uh, just a few more words that come to mind when you think of enemy. One would be tactics. Certainly, the devil has plans and he has tactics. Second um, Corinthians two eleven says, "Lest Satan should give an advantage over us." We are not ignorant of his devices or tactics. And uh, weapons come to mind when we, when we th think about enemies. Um, we have weapons, and the enemy has weapons. Um, 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God uh, to the pulling down of strongholds. Um, so we certainly have our weapons, and prayer is one of the, one of the bigger weapons. And, and lastly, when you think of an enemy, um, and, and I think, I'll, you know, I fall into this sometimes, and, uh, 
Uh, it's just that it's a human thing, uh, especially nowadays. Um, it's it's fear. It's it's you know scary times. I think everybody would agree we're in scary times. Um, but you know the Lord said He told us He commanded us to fear not, and He He said you know He's overcome the world. So and you know we all realize this too. This is written. It's it's coming to pass. You know it's not like He didn't tell us. So you know it's scary. But, you know, the Lord, our God, told us about this, so, and he told us to fear not, so um, it's really good direction that he's, he's given us. Um, so, just a, a, a little story, um, when I was just uh, kind of going through college, I joined the National Guard, and um, I thought it was interesting when I joined the Guard, it was... Uh, I was kind of, you know, in college, everything was not in order, you know, everything was whatever you wanted to do, you do whatever. You go to the military, and it's, okay, this is when you wake up, this is when you eat, this is, you know, you will clean your, your barracks, you will clean your boots, you will shine them. Um, you will not talk back to anybody. You know, there's a chain of command, and it works really good. Um, so it's a system, you know, and it, it has these, <coughs> pieces of equipment, you know, everything else, and it has a purpose, you know, it's a system, it has a purpose, and I just, I was impressed with that, and, and you think of that <clears throat> along the line, same lines with um, the kingdoms that, that the Bible talks about, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Um, our enemy, the devil, he's, he is over a system, he's over um, this world, uh, quote-unquote, um, and the Bible says he resides in the kingdom of darkness. Um, so just a little history about the devil before we go into his kingdom and um, his subjects, uh, which I didn't mention. He does have subjects. But um, why don't we turn to verse uh, Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah 14, 12 through 15. And this is um, some history on the devil. Our enemy. Okay. So uh, Isaiah 14, 12 through 15, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, who didst weaken the nations? For thou said in thine heart, this is uh, the Lord's telling what happened to the devil. He said in his heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will, sit I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation and the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. This is terrible. I will be like the most high. That's what the devil said. And then here's his bad news. Verse 15. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So he, he was certain he was grand. He, he was, uh, you know, must have been something to behold. Um, but he, he had this pride in his heart and this rebellion in his heart that said, I'm going to be like God. I'm going to be uh, like the Most High. And he's still, he's still trying to do that today. Um, but that's how he got kicked out of heaven. Um, Ezekiel 28, 15 through 17. I'm just going to touch on a few verses there. Um, 
15, uh, verse 15 says, uh, talking about the devil, Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day thou was created, till iniquity was found in thee. And then 17 says, Thy heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. So he must have been beautiful, but, you know, his heart, he got proud, he got lifted up because he was so beautiful. And thou hast corrupted, here we go again, thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by re reason of thy brightness. So he must have been this beautiful, bright uh, angel, and he thought so much of himself that his wisdom was corrupted. And that's where he went wrong. Um, he was in heaven. He saw God. He worshiped God. He, he was part of, um, you know, everybody worshiping the Lord. Um, he knew he was created because he knew that, you know, God was there before him. Um, yet he, he tried to become God. Um, so this shows angels have free will. Um, and the ones who are still there, they're worshiping the Lord under their free will, which is part of God's love, you know, love's, free will is part of love. And uh, angels don't have a, they can't be redeemed because they've already seen the risen Lord and they've, you know, rebelled against him. So that's kind of their fate. Um, so now the devil, um, according to John 8, 44, uh, can only speak lies. And, um, you know, that, that may be an eternal curse, you know, that, that's on him right now. But John 8, 44, it talks about how he can only speak lies. Uh, it says, you are, and he's talking about the Pharisees here. You are of the father, the devil. You are of your father, the devil. And the, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. He is a liar and the father of it. So he's cast down from heaven and he's now a liar and he can't even speak the truth. Um, he, he, um, he, like, like I said before, he has a kingdom. He's the ruler of this world. Um, Jesus said, hereafter I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world comes, and he has nothing in him. So he called uh, Satan the prince of this world. Um, and when we talk about the world, it's not like the trees and the beauty and the, you know, um, the creation that God has splendidly made. Uh, it's talking about the group uh, that is against God, the, the philosophies that are, that are against God. Um, the demons that are against God, the people that are against God. Um, I'm going to go over a few world philosophies, and um, that would maybe give you know give a better picture of what the world is um, versus just you know the the creation that God made. So here's a few philosophies of the world. Um, basically, leads to death and God's direction for us that lead to life. Um, the world would say, nice guys finish last. Um, God says, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. The world says, get on the bandwagon. When, some, when you know, somebody's being put down, pile on. You know, just have fun with it. Just get on. And uh, 
God says, treat others the way you would want to be treated. The world says, um, there's really only one religion. There's many gods and there's a lot of roads, but it's all going to lead to the same thing. And um, the Lord says, there's one way to the Father, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, and then also, you know, the world also says, you know, everybody's God's children. And, and really, not, that's not true. Everybody is God's creation. God longs for everybody to come to him. But his children, uh, when, when somebody's born again, they become his children. Um, and, and this, you know, this, I know that there's different churches that are embracing, uh, you know, different religions and we're all going to come together because we're all God's children. But if you're, if you're reading the Bible and you, you know that Jesus was God, and you believe that, and you know that he died on a cross for us, um, and you know he said he's the way, the truth, and the life, you know, it's cruel to, to kind of go along with that. I mean, it's not nice. People think it's nice. It's really cruel. It's the, the loving part would be to say, I, I disagree with that. The Bible says this, who's Jesus, and, and talk to somebody about, you know, the reality of who Jesus is. That's the loving part. It's not loving to get along just to get along. But the world wants us to do that. Um, another another uh, philosophy of the world is to rule by force, not by truth. Um, in Psalm 9, verse 8, says, He rules the world in righteousness and judges the people with equity. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's going to be wonderful when the Lord returns and, and rules and reigns because, you know, now we see... You know, it's basically power that rules. Um, you know, who can snuff out who or whatever. And, um, you know, the people who want to fall underneath this kind of rule, they're, they're, they're pretty much of the world, too. They, they kind of believe that this type of government, which is oppressive and rules by force, is going to be a great thing. The government's going to take care of everything, and, and it's going to be fine. Well... Uh, I think everybody, you know, that, that is in those governments um, would not agree with that after, they, after the dust settles. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just another philosophy the world's putting out there, uh, the enemy's putting out there, and, uh, you know, bringing people the wrong way. I've right, got a few more examples real quick. Um, the world would say money is king. Um, Certainly, the more money you make, the better, you, better off you are. And uh, the Lord says you can't serve both God and man. Um, the world says, I do what best suits me. I do what's right in my own eyes. And that's, you know, I think of, um, well, you know, younger people, older people, but I think of college folks and things of that nature. It just seems that you go there and it's, uh, that's the philosophy right there. But uh, Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, and the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Um, and I can attest to that. I'm a simple person. Um, not wise, but thank the Lord. He you know, gives me direction through his word and through, and through his law. You know, um, that, that leads me away from death. Leads me to life, you know. Um, it's something that the world is not 
promoted. So, um, another thing the world would say is salvation by works. Um, I'm better than the next guy, or, or my scales are gonna, my goods are gonna outweigh my bad, right? So, I guess the question is, if, if my goods gonna outweigh my bad, what? How much does good weigh, and how much does bad weigh? You know, who's the, who's the judge of that? Um, and, and what that says, too, is it, it says, you know, the cross isn't enough. Um, I know Jesus was God, and he died, and he lived a sinless life, and he rose again. But i got to put something in there. You know, i got to add something to that. And it's really, uh, that's, that's, you know, that's anti-Savior, anti-Christ. I mean, it's just, it's not, it, it, Jesus is either the Savior of mankind, or he is not. But there's no room for, oh yeah, he, he did enough, but I got to do a little bit more. And that, that'll get me to heaven. You know? um, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. That's a, it's, it's a foundational uh, verse. I'm just going to read it again. It says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. You're not saved from what you do. It's a gift of God. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. It's, it's very clear. Mm -hmm. Very clear. Mm -hmm. um, and John 6, 40, you know, the Lord, um, he said, those who are going to follow me, they're going to believe. They're going you know, to truly believe. They're going to have this faith that we're talking about. Um, I'll just read it real quick. John 6, 40. It says, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone who seeth the Son and believeth in him may have eternal life, and I will raise him up the last day. So he's, he's basically saying those who have faith in him and believe in him, that's the folks who are going to be raised up the last day. Um, one other um, world philosophy <clears throat> would be um, I, you know, I know we have our differences, but let's all come together in love uh, just for the sake of unity. And certainly, you know, we can, um, we can differ on small things, but, you know, um, you know, believing that God is um, God to everybody or, you know, Jesus uh, did die on the cross or some, some foundational doctrines, um, you know, we have to draw the line as Christians. And the better your doctrine is, the better Christian you are. You know, the stronger Christian you are. Um, when, when, you, when you can apply the knowledge to things that are coming to you, the fiery darts of the enemy, then you're better equipped to, to live a Christian life. Um, <clears throat> First Timothy 4.16 says, <clears throat> Take heed unto thyself and into, unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing so, this thou shalt both save thyself and those who hear thee. And 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So we're called to, you know, not just get along. We're called to be Bereans. We're called to study. <clears throat> we're called to cling to what is right reject what's evil or wrong that we know that the Lord shows 
And um, we're also called to, to look at the fruit of different ministers or, or uh, ministries or churches or whatever. You know, the Lord says you'll know them by the fruit. So it's, it's things like that we, we're called to do and not just, you know, get along in, in love. Because that's really not love at all. So that's the, that's the world. That's what the world's teaching us. Uh, so the devil, again, the devil's the ruler of um, the world, and he has subjects. So our enemy has subjects. He's got, uh, he's got subjects called demons. Um, there was a, a large amount of demons uh, that, that fell from heaven with him. Um, Revelation 12, 9, just the very end, says he was cast out onto the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Um, demons are also called unclean spirits and tormenting spirits. Uh, they cause pain, sickness, disease, confusion. Um, they, they, they do a lot. Because um, the devil can't be everywhere at one time, but his demons can certainly work for him. Um, and every now and then they show themselves. Um, I mean, so Stacy and I, we... Uh, Sometimes when we're ministering on the phone, we'll hear all kinds of strange things. And I don't care what everybody says, that, that's not normal. And the demons, you know, kind of trying to, you know, intimidate somebody in doing something. Um, or another example, um, you know, I know some folks uh, that went on a, uh, a trip at an Airbnb and they heard noises that weren't, you know, they weren't you know, they weren't recorded. It wasn't physically possible for these noises to happen. This, these were demons, okay? The guy was in Eastern mysticism, and the things were like, you know, you could hear him walking around, and I wasn't there, but I know these people who were there, and they're not lying. And, uh, I mean, there's no other explanation, you know? that I know of, um, but, you know, you could hear footsteps, you could hear all kind of crazy stuff going on, and there was nobody there. So, and I'm sure y'all have heard stories about that as well, so it just, well, I don't want to get too, too into it, but they do show themselves every now and then. Um, <clears throat> so, the devil has demons who are subject, you know, subjects for him, working for him, and the devil also has humans who... Uh, advance his kingdom. Um, they're either knowingly do this or they ignorantly do this. Um, you know, Karl Marx, uh, when he talks about communism and the folks that, uh, you know, help communism grow, but they have nothing to gain from it. Like, they're going to be the ones at the bottom. You know, they're not going to be leaders. He calls them useful idiots. Um, and really, if you think about it, you know, they're useful idiots that served the devil. Um, you know, I think of, you know, college professors that are so bent towards, you know, one, one way of thought. They don't want to hear anything about anything Christian. Uh, no reasoning, no nothing. Uh, that's, that's their freedom, and that's their prerogative, but um, they, they're definitely uh, not searching for the truth. They're not, they're not being fair with themselves. Um, think of false teachers or false prophets, uh, and then just sinful man. 
uh, running after filthy lucre. You know, these are all agents of, of um, the devil that are affecting people's lives, um, you know, for, for the worse, not for the better. They're not, they're not helping people out. Um, you know, all these people we talk about, and, and I was one of them, okay, um, you know, they've rebelled at some point. The Lord's talked to their heart. Somebody's talked to their heart. You know, the Holy Spirit's shown them something, and they've rejected it. You know, and, and that'll happen time and time again. I don't know, you know, how many times or whatever, but, you know, the Lord is fair with everybody. And uh, just these folks who are, who are in the devil's camp, they're in there because they've, they've rejected the truth. Um, so his kingdom is very effective. Um, definitely spread false religions and doctrines, growing oppressive governments, and we've seen <clears throat> sinful behavior throughout all cultures. <clears throat> so who's able to stand against such a vast network? Worldwide, 24-7, powerful network, right? What's God's answer to all this rebellion? I mean, you know, he's not going to do anything? <clears throat> well, we'll start with the basics first. First off, every man and woman is born with a conscience. You, you at some point in your life, come to the knowledge of good and evil, and, and that's just innate. <clears throat> There's no prayer you have to pray. There's no nothing. Everybody has a conscience, and they know right from wrong. So you follow that right, or you know if you know you're wrong, and you, you reach out to the Lord in mercy, He saves you. You know that conscience could bring you to salvation, or, or be a big part of it. Um, secondly, the Holy Spirit, John sixteen eight says, and when He comes, He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment. <clears throat> so the Holy Spirit is actively convicting the world of sin which drives us to the gospel. It's a schoolmaster that drives us to the gospel, is uh, the law. The law, you find your sin through the law, drives you to the gospel. Uh, <clears throat> the Lord also has the gospel being preached right now throughout the world. And that's a powerful, powerful tool. Um, the, the gospel's preached, people are saved, people are changed, and guess what? Those people are still living. And they're still witnessing to everybody around them, you know, wait, what happened to you? Why are you so happy? You know, why don't things bother you anymore? Why aren't you drinking so much, you know, or something? <coughs> it's, it's that gospel that's gotten into them, saved them, and then it's, it's, it's you know, going against the, uh, the kingdom of darkness. Another uh, thing that God has done <coughs> uh, to, you know, to combat this kingdom of darkness is his word, the Bible. Um, it's an amazing, amazing book. Um, just a few facts. Over 100 million copies are sold each year. Other copies are given away each year. <clears throat> it's been translated to over 690 languages. And you have partial translations of over 2,833 languages. And what the Bible says um, about the, 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 you know, the, the writings in it, there's a verse that says it divides soul and spirit. That word divides soul and spirit. 
I don't know what exactly that looks like, but it sounds amazing. It sounds like it, it goes to the heart of the issue. And actually, the second verse, um, it says, it discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So, you know, this word of God is very effective weapon against uh, the enemy. Um, and another, uh, another thing that, that God has given that's, uh, you know, is an amazing gift um, is love. <clears throat> Just the, the definition of love. So, um, just just the real definition of love. Um, you know, his son showed love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is long suffering. Just the definition of love. The enemy can't deal with that. I mean, and people that have the enemy in them. You know, like you, you know these people. They can't stand when you show real love to them. It, it just riles them up. Um, and it's not intent. We don't want to do that intentionally. But we want to show love, real love, and, and that combats darkness, which is, which is an amazing thing. Um, so we talked about the devil, we talked about he's the ruler of this world, and he has subjects. Well, God, he's our king, he, he is our ruler, he has a kingdom, and he also has subjects, so we'll talk talk about that as well. Um, just a few names about our God. He's, uh, he's called the Ancient of Days. He's called the Great I Am. That means he's never been created. He's always been. He's the Lion, the lion of Judah, which is going to be, uh, you know, that's not something that's tame. He's going to be, um, you know, he will be aggressively um, coming to us. He's the Lion of Judah. He's the consuming fire. How do, you, how do you combat that consuming fire? He's the creator of heaven and earth. Excuse me. Um, he, he made everything. He made the earth, the devil, the angels. <coughs> he made us. We had, we've gone over the aspects of God in Sunday school a while back. It was a great, great, you know, study. Because just one of the aspects that we study, it blows the devil out of the water, you know. But if you think about God, he's, he's always been around. He, he knows everything. He's created everything. Um, that's the God we serve. He's the eternal king. He's the rock of ages. He's, he's our hope. He's, he's everybody's rock um, throughout eternity. Uh, he's a strong tower. To those who need him, to those who run run towards him, he's the Prince of Peace. We sang about peace uh, today, and um, he gives us peace throughout this tumultuous time. And he's our Savior and Deliverer. So um, that's some of the names of our God, and our God has a kingdom. So so what is the kingdom of God, right? Um, it's not the world, the devil's world. Uh, the Bible says the kingdom of God resides in believers who, who are saved. Um, so the kingdom of God is on earth inside of believers. Um, God's kingdom is also in heaven. But God's kingdom is also going to come down here and be established 
100% after the Great Tribulation. Uh, so that, that kingdom's gonna, you know, be, there won't be any more world uh, of the devil. It's gonna be the kingdom of God on earth. Um, <clears throat> the subjects of God are angels and born-again believers. Um, angels are, um, you know, the, the, the Bible talks about a great host uh, of angels in heaven. So there's, there's got to be a lot of them, more than demons. Uh, some people say two-thirds and one-third, but I don't know if that's too biblical or not. I'm not quite sure about that. I have to ask Randy about that. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of them. There's certainly a lot of them. And the Bible mentions two of them in particular. <clears throat> Gabriel is one. Um, he seems to be an angel who is a messenger. Um, Gabriel is mentioned in the book of Daniel. Um, he's mentioned where he appears to Zacharias in the temple. Um, Gabriel appears to Mary and gives that message to her. And he also appears to Joseph, and uh, Joseph receives guidance from Gabriel. So <clears throat> that's one of God's messengers. But the other angel is Michael, which means chief angel or archangel. And I can't wait to see this guy. He sounds pretty significant. Um, he's, he's a battler. You know, he's the guy who fought against the prince of Persia so Gabriel could bring his message to Daniel. So he's, uh, you know, Michael is more of uh, the one who's in the middle of, of the wars. <clears throat> um, he, he contended over the body of Moses, and he told Satan, the Lord rebuke you. So he had that wisdom and said, you know, the Lord, he used his boss to get to, to his, his adversary. And he's also mentioned in the book of Revelation, he's going to be fighting the great, the great dragon. So that's going to be interesting to see Michael the archangel. And then angels, angels will also preach the gospel to the world during the great tribulation. It talks about the angels flying and, and, and preaching the gospel to, uh, to a world who, um, you know, needs to hear it significantly. So <clears throat> that's one of the subjects of, of God, and the other subjects or servants of God are born-again believers, like we said. Um, called, Paul called himself <clears throat> a bondservant or a slave to God, which, you know, that's an awesome thing, really. If you're a slave to the creator of the world, um, can't have a better job. Mm -hmm. You know, talk about fair. Talk about benefits. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, so once we're saved, we're in the kingdom of light. We're translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Um, Corinth, uh, Colossians 1, verse 13 says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we have the privilege as believers to, to pray to this God, this awesome God, this merciful God. Um, we have a wonderful fellowship with other believers. You know, we can walk through all this stuff together. Um, we can share testimonies amongst ourselves or to, to non-believers, telling people what the Lord's done. And um, we can also go through life, you know, through our, through our mundane tasks. 
Um, but we can do those tasks unto the Lord, which is called worship. You know, we can sweep the floor as unto the Lord or, you know, balance the books as unto the Lord. <laughs> is that what it is? So, it's, uh, so it's just a, it's a wonderful way to go through life because, you know, sometimes it's, it does get mundane. But if you're, you're doing it for a purpose as unto the Lord, worshiping God, it has a much greater significance, you know, now and for eternity. So... Believers, um, believers have the kingdom of God like we talked about. It resides in them. And there's, there's no borders. There's no, oh yeah, that, that state has believers, but this state doesn't have believers. There's no borders. They're all over the world. Um, you know, Siri can't monitor if people are believers or not. You know, um, the, nobody can control that. <clears throat> the only one who's going to control that is God. Um, he, he controls um, he controls us through his grace. We, we certainly have free will, but if we uh, participate in his grace, we, we can certainly be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. Um, so I heard a, a story, you know, kind of relates to this on the radio the other day. This guy was talking about Bibles um, being sent into North Korea. He talked about, you know, a job. But it was done through everyday people. It was done through construction workers or, you know, bus drivers or teachers or whatever. Because the government wasn't really thinking about, you know, those folks. And so those believers, they're in those countries and they're bringing the word of God, life, into that country through their everyday, mundane, oppressed lives. Um, and I thought that was just beautiful, uh, the way, you know, somebody in those countries can make a difference uh, and use their life um, significantly. You know, that's part of the kingdom of God and, and his subjects, you know. Um, so we have a king, and we're in his kingdom, and we're his subjects, and we're, we're truly blessed. Um, just to, just to kind of go over what God... Um, his answer to rebellion, um, he gave a conscience to all. He, he, uh, gave the, he gives us the Holy Spirit. Um, we have his word. We have the gospel. Um, we have angels and believers. And this is certainly not an exhaustive list. It's just some, some, some of the things that God has done. But it's certainly ample to overcome darkness in the kingdom of, of uh, darkness. Um, you know, there's, there's no... There's no, uh, there's no comparison between darkness and light, or there's, there's no comparison between truth and deception. You know, it, it, truth will always win. You know, light will always win. It, it's, it's the antithesis of each other. And to be in the other camp is it, just pointless. It's uh, hopeless. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. Uh, there's a lot happened, uh, you know, recently. We all talk about it quite a bit. Um, you know, the president was sworn in, and he had a, you know, a Satanist um, sing the national anthem, which, that's unbelievably crazy. Um, you know, we have censorship against good things, and not censorship against bad things. You know, it, things are just getting way out there. You know, but 
We're called to know our enemy. You know? But we're also called to know our Redeemer and King. You know? And we're called to know his kingdom. We're called to know his word, his son, um, his truth. We're called to live this truth. Um, and we'll do it. Um, you know, it'll, it'll come out. You'll have the opportunity to, to live truth. Um, it'll come to you. So uh, we just need to, need to stand in it. Um, we're called to believe and not to fear. The Lord told us not to fear. So just want to close with prayer. Lord, I just thank you for um, your kingdom, Lord God. I thank you for the, what you've given us, Lord God, your word and your truth, Lord God, your son Jesus making a way. Just thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us, Lord God. Just praise your holy name, Lord God. Ask that you watch over us and protect us this week, Lord God. And um, help us be lights and truth bearers, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's just take a few minutes to, to thank the Lord and to seek the Lord. You know, we are part, we're so blessed to be part of His kingdom, part of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of righteousness. It's nothing we've done other than trust in a Redeemer and by His goodness. I love that scripture, Eric, that you gave from Colossians, and He has translated. Who did it? The Lord. He delivered us from the power of darkness, and He translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. In other words, we're, we're part of a new kingdom, we have a new king. We have a new government. We have a new future. We have a new uh, orders and, and, and future. And everything is new in Christ. This life is temporary. We talk about it all the time. On Sunday mornings, we're doing a series on our glorious future. And there's, there's wonderful things God for, has for us in this life. But really, the fruition, the full scope of the salvation of God comes when He calls us home to be with Him, either individually or like we're going to talk about this Sunday, the rapture of the church. A lot of people don't believe in that anymore, but it's in the Bible. And it's a blessed hope of the church, the, the, the redemption of our bodies, glorified bodies. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Like, can we just worship the Lord? He's going to sing a little bit. If you want to come to the altars and pray or find a place, just before we run out, you know, get back to, to our normal routine of life, to take a few minutes in the Lord's presence thank Him and praise Him. And you know, He's called us to be salt and light. He's called us to, He says that we're lights and we, among whom we shine in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. And basically that's like a crooked and perverse generation that we live in. And here's individual lights. That's what we are. Could be children, could be adults, could be new believers, could be people that have been saved for many years, but we are the light of the world not that we pat ourselves on the back. We're the light of the world because Christ said, I'm the light of the world. And he lives in, in us. And then he says, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You don't cover up that light and you don't um, have salt that's lost its savor because it's good for nothing. We need to be effective for Christ in this day. And the way we're going to do it is through the power of the Holy Spirit, through walking in, in the things of God, the ways of God, walking in accordance to his word, walking closely with our Redeemer in a personal relationship with him, a fellowship with him, and having the boldness that comes not because we're super courageous, the boldness to stand for God in this dark darkness is the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is
that's God's answer for timidity. That's God's answer for fear. That's God's answer for frailty and weakness. And when we're weak, he's strong. He has the answer to that. I'm weak a, a thousand times over in whatever, mentally, spiritually, whatever way. I'm weak and I, I would back down and I would be a coward. But how is it that young people, old people, weak people, sick people will, will stand for the Lord knowing that they're going to be in prison? They'll stand for the Lord knowing they're going to be burned to the stake. How do they do that? Uh, that is the Lord. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, be not drunk with wine or in his excess to be filled with the Spirit. Let's just take a few minutes to pray here tonight. I'm encouraged by the message. I know he just kind of laid it out there. Almost matter of factly, there's a kingdom of, of darkness and there's a kingdom of light. And guess what? There's really no middle ground. There's no in between that. People that are lost, that doesn't mean they're Satanists. But the Bible does say even a lost person lies in the embrace of the wicked one. A lost person may not have consciously made a choice and say, I'm going to go over here with the devil and be part of his kingdom. But somebody's in Christ or they're not in Christ. They're in sin or they've been forgiven of their sin and redeemed. You understand what I'm saying? We have, we've been made to sit together in Christ Jesus in heavenly places or we're still uh, children of wrath, Ephesians 2 says, by nature. And so we have a great responsibility and a privilege to represent the Lord. He calls us ambassadors for Christ. He says he has given every single believer a minister of rec ministry of reconciliation. He has made us that. And so we want to we want to be used by God in this hour. I want to be used by the Lord in this hour. And I need the Lord to help me. And guess what? He helps me. You need me to help you? Yeah, you, I know you, you, that you need me to help, help you. He wants to help us, amen. He wants to fill us with his spirit. He wants to, so, to call us away to where we spend time with him. And, and it's in those times with the Lord, seeking the Lord in his face regularly, habitually, in his word and in prayer. He's going to speak to our hearts. He's going to show us, you know that new person at work? I want you to go talk to him about Jesus. You know that new patient that's showing up today or whatever? They, they're, they're going through a divorce. They're going through something hard. I want you to talk to them about me. He's going to do that. We're going to hear from the Lord. He says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow. And so can we just seek the Lord tonight to be used by the Lord, to be close to the Lord, to be useful for the Lord in this hour. We're living in an 